This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome into the show. You're listening and watching the MD's Fantasy Football Show live on our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe and hit the bell notification to get notified whenever we have new content available to you. You can also stay up to date with the show when you're on the go by downloading us on your favorite podcast app. It's just me, your host, Dan Mater. Today, no Brian Scott. He had another interview that he had to go do. Uh, always, you know, Brian's a very busy guy, so it's all good. But he did leave me all of his notes for all of the questions of all the players that I wanted to talk to him about. So don't worry, you're not tuning in for nothing. We do have some insight information to go through with you guys when it comes to these injuries as we head into the weekend of week eight. So it is going to be just me until the second half of the show. We will have Chaz Florty on. I guarantee you that. We'll talk about our best bets heading into the weekend. And uh, we got, of course, we got the Buffalo Bills and Tampa Bay Buccaneers game going on right now as we are live. If you have your questions, make sure you ask them during the show. We'll get to every question that we possibly can while we are live on the air. This is also a good time for me to remind you that we have a new sponsor and you can win a $25 Amazon gift card for doing pretty much absolutely nothing. Uh, we have our new sponsor called a Wolf Spreads app. It's a completely free app, whether you have Apple or Google, doesn't matter. Android, Apple, doesn't matter. You can go ahead and download the app for free. And you can do that by going to our social media page at Show on X, hitting the direct link there. Or if you're watching right now on our YouTube channel, just go into the comments or go into the description of the video and we have our direct competition link there. You can sign up for the app for free by hitting that link and then joining our competition. All you have to do is bet $2,000 of free money and if you get the most profits out of your bets, you will be eligible to win the $25 Amazon gift card. And we do this every single week. So I hope you guys go ahead and check that out. First question of the day, we got Josh coming in. Would you? Which trade do you like more? One, trade Aaron Jones and Russ for Jalen Hurts. Or two, James Conner and Russell Wilson for Hurts. Um, I mean, either way, that's insane. That's even on the table for Jalen Hurts, who's been the number one quarterback overall to this point. As far as you making the deal, if you can give him James Conner and Russell Wilson for Jalen Hurts, yeah, 100%. The 20-man PPR, yeah. yeah I, I'm not going to read off the rest of your roster there, Josh. Um, but if you think you can actually get a deal done of James Conner and Russell Wilson for Jalen Hurts, pull that trigger. Even if that doesn't get done, if you need to up the ante to Aaron Jones, go ahead and up the ante to Aaron Jones and get it done there okay so we do have a lot of names i want to talk about so let's get through some of this and hit our first segment of the day which will be the quarterback injury update oh, 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 oh. Ooh, it's brutal just like that guy getting hit nuts on the video if you're not watching the video this is why you subscribe to our youtube channel but uh yeah we have some funny graphics here when we talk about our injury inquiries so first up is Justin Fields, and we got his thumb issue. We knew he wasn't going to play this week. I get that you already probably have your other options, but I want to keep reiterating. When I talk to guys like Brian, when I read other medical expert opinions, even though the team 
seems to be hell-bent on the idea that Justin Fields doesn't need to go on the IR because he can return sooner rather than later. It just doesn't seem to be what the consensus is coming out of the medical community. So uh, Brian writes in here, he dislocated his thumb two weeks ago, the most recent report saying that he will avoid surgery. That being said, he is now reported to go, he's reported as week to week, and his grip strength is going to determine the outcome as far as is he able to hold and throw a football accurately and with velocity obviously your grip strength being a big key here for that one they have been saying two to three weeks uh, but brian would not be surprised if it's closer to at least four and tyson badgett is still going to be in there for a couple more weeks now uh keep in mind here i believe the bears have a bye week coming up too so i think that's going to be part of it as far as the analysis goes keeping the bears uh when, when justin fields is going to come back and when we're going to see him back so keep that in mind i think there's a decent chance here in my opinion justin fields doesn't come back until after the bye week and i think brian here would pretty much agree with the with the timeline that he laid out in his notes in the meantime you're streaming quarterbacks uh this week's not as bad but next week we get back to having some buys we got four teams on buys next week my advice to you guys is when you know you're gonna have to stream a quarterback multiple weeks ahead of time Try to go out of your way to check your week eights, your week nines, your week tens, your week elevens. Go a few weeks out. See what's available on your waiver wire. Don't just look for the guy who might have the best matchup next week. Maybe you want to look for the guy who has the best matchup overall for the next two weeks, next three weeks, especially in a case like here with Justin Fields. That's how I would tackle this scenario with him. Uh, another quarterback news, Brock Purdy. This has been a roller coaster so far this week. So he gets on the plane, doesn't really exhibit symptoms until he's on the plane, Doesn't then goes through the concussion protocol starting Tuesday. And everyone's been telling you, and it's a fact, that when guys get symptoms late, typically speaking, even when they have a full week ahead of them playing a game on Sunday, their chances are very slim being able to come back the following week especially even more so when you're playing a Monday game and you show symptoms late. It seemed like I ruled Brock Purdy out right away. In fact, if you go to BillionFantasySports.com right now, you'll see he's not even in my rankings. And I'm not going to bring him back into my rankings until we get clarification and then get confirmation that this guy's going to wind up playing here because it's hard for me to imagine. He does have the concussion issue. He did actually practice in a limited capacity already today. So, I mean, either way you shake this down, it's good news in the sense of he's clearly progressing quickly. Otherwise, he would not be able to practice at all. So that is the good news, which means with the 49ers having a bye next week, there's no doubt in anybody's mind he would certainly be back after the bye week. Uh, Brian talks about that, that is the good news. Participating in limited, uh, limited uh, drills today so he thinks he's going to wind up actually clearing concussion protocol by tomorrow, if not by game day, especially if he's able to practice again tomorrow, maybe in full, uh, would, would really be great. But even if he's a limited capacity, if he practices and then gets cleared for contact by Sunday, Brock Purdy may not miss a game. So if you had Brock Purdy and you were sweating it out because he's been a top 10 quarterback for you despite the last couple of weeks and thought maybe you'd have to stream Sam Darnold, it's looking more and more like Brock Purdy may find his way back out into the field despite being on concussion, uh, concussion protocol early in the week. So how about that noise? Brock Purdy coming in for you. And by the way, yes, I do have Brock Purdy. I did, or at least I should say I did because I took him out of the rankings. I did have Purdy as a top 10 quarterback when I was initially doing the rankings before this news 
came out. So yes, if you're asking the question, do I start Purdy against the Cincinnati Bengals? I, I would. Um, I know it's the last two weeks been kind of rough, but if you look at the Vikings game and uh, some people, I mean, I don't know if you could really pinpoint exactly when he sustained the concussion injury in that game, but some people claim they pinpoint the place in which he got hurt, which uh, according to Brian's notes was during the tush push play during the game is when he got the concussion issue. And it also correlates from when he was ripping apart the Vikings defense in the first half. And then the rest of the game, uh, he well, like if you go by the numbers from when that tush push happened, he didn't throw any interceptions yet to that point. He was 19 of 24. He was lighting it up. I think he had 150 yards at that point or, or 200 yards or something like that. And then he had two interceptions uh, after that play. So if you're looking at it from that standpoint, he played very well on Monday. Just the injury knocked him off. However you want to look at this thing, Purdy's still a top 10 guy in this offense with Shanahan. They're going into the bye. They're probably going to look to be a little bit more aggressive to try to get some momentum heading into the bye week on a positive side and try to stop them from being a, th- a three-game losing streak. Now, whether they do or not, it's besides the point. From a fantasy perspective, I expect them to be a little bit more aggressive and at least explains a little bit as to why guys like Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle were just unable to really get involved in the second half against a Minnesota defense that most people have been able to take advantage of through the air. And the Cincinnati Bengals, while they do have a good pass rush, you can throw the ball at them, especially if you can pass protect. Uh, to that point, I know it's not on our list because he's not fantasy relevant, but Trent Williams did, is, is, is expected to come back and play this week. Now, he hasn't practiced yesterday, didn't practice today. We want to see at least a limited practice out of him on Friday. But Trent Williams is one of those guys that they're going to make sure he's fully good to go and they're going to take their time with him. And as long as he's clear for contact by Sunday, he'll be out there. So if Trent Williams is out there, the pass protection rises up. Now, all of a sudden, you can take advantage of the Cincinnati Bengals defense, which has proven if their pass rush does not get home, the passing lanes become wide open. He was working off to the side today, by the way, for Trent Williams, that is. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, another quarterback dealing with a back issue, did come back to practice today in a limited capacity. Remember, that's the Monday night game between the Raiders and the Detroit Lions. Now, we don't care for Jimmy Garoppolo's sake, but after what we had to watch with Brian Hoyer and a mixture of Aiden O'Connell in there, although I think Aiden O'Connell would have played better had it not been for the stupidity of Josh Daniels going with uh, Brian Hoyer to begin with, uh, it would have gone a lot better. But we want Jimmy G out there to maximize Kobe Myers, to maximize Devontae Adams, and for whatever it's worth, to try to maximize Josh Jacobs, even though that's been pretty bad. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, one of his the Jimbo Fisher. That'd be pretty cool if he was listening to the show. Let's just say it is. Why not? Uh, he said, Kyron Williams and Jalen Waddle for Devontae Adams. Yes, I would do that deal. Devontae Adams is a stud. All right, he's still a wide receiver one. This thing's going to get back on track. The squeaky wheel gets to grease. I know he's been squawking for a couple of weeks now. Again, this goes back to we're hoping Jimmy G's back on Monday. And if he's back on Monday, him and Jacoby Myers will both eat. I am not worried about Devontae Adams. He's still an elite wide receiver one for me. Yeah, I would probably do that deal. Now, what I would say, my caveat to you, Jimbo, is that you want to make sure you have enough running back depth. I know right now you're getting by without Kyron Williams, but he was an RB1, and he will be back week 12. So make sure you have enough running back depth to make that move to upgrade from Waddle to Devontae Adams, and it is still an upgrade in my book. Daniel Jones dealing with a neck issue. 
Nothing's really changed for him. He practiced in limited capacity all last week, but never got cleared for contact. The same thing has happened so far this week. Practice Wednesday, practice today. Still dealing with the neck issue, still limited, still throwing, light throwing at that, still has not been cleared for contact. So until he gets cleared for contact, it's all a moot point what he's doing in practice because it doesn't matter. He's not going to play on Sunday. I would not expect him to play this week. I do think we are going to get another week of Tyrod Taylor. Brian wants to note here that this similar injury cost Daniel Jones six games in 2021. So this whole week-to-week stuff with Daniel Jones, we may still be looking at a few more weeks coming up here uh, if it's anything similar to that. And thank you to you, Jimbo, for uh, asking the question there. Always happy to help you out, buddy. All right, so we got Ryan Tannehill. He's our last quarterback to talk about for this week. He's got the high ankle sprain, hasn't returned to practice. Uh, as of today, two weeks into his high ankle sprain. I don't think there's two weeks. I think there's one week. I think, well, we get the bye week. Okay, one game, two weeks. I go to Brian saying there now. There's still some optimism. He says it could be ready. I doubt it. He hasn't practiced yesterday. Didn't practice again today. We know Ryan Tannehill is a complete mess if he's not at least semi-mobile within the pocket. I do fully anticipate we're going to see Will Levis this week. Maybe a Malik Willis gets mixed in. This is what I think Vrabel's doing, okay? By saying both these quarterbacks are going to play, I don't think it's a situation where one series is going to be Will Levis, another series is going to be Malik Willis. I don't even think it's a situation where Will Levis is a starter and Malik Willis is going to have special packages. I think he's saying both quarterbacks are going to play because he's going to have Will Levis start but he's going to be on a very short leash if things get out of hand quickly and he'll quickly pivot to Malik Willis. And by saying both these guys are going to play, nobody's going to be asking the question, oh, Will Levis, he got benched so fast. You know, all these hoopla about what your future of the quarterback position is. The fact of the matter is, unfortunately, I know we haven't technically seen Will Levis yet. My opinion, they're still going to be looking for their franchise quarterback moving forward. I don't think it's either one of these guys and it doesn't really matter. That wraps it up for the quarterbacks. Let's go to running backs. It's bad. It's so bad. There's blood everywhere. There is blood everywhere. So Kenneth Walker, this was interesting because Kenneth Walker finished the game on Sunday. We didn't think he was injured until all of a sudden Wednesday practice report comes out and this guy come picks up a calf issue. Now it was during the game when he picked up the calf issue to be clear. Didn't practice yesterday. Didn't practice again today, Wednesday and Thursday. So Wednesdays, we're not usually as concerned, right? He's a running back. You're getting a big volume. You'll list him with anything just to give him the day off. Don't practice again on Thursday. Now you have some concern. This is And so now you got Zach Charbonnet coming back from his injury. He practiced in full today. So he's fully off the injury report and good to go. Brian here is saying that he thinks Kenneth Walker is going to play Sunday, but he thinks he's not going to have a full workload. We got to see. He's got to at least get a limited participant in practice on Friday, I think, to have any chance to play. So if you've had Zach Charbonnet this whole time, or if Zach Charbonnet's on your waiver wire, do yourselves a favor. As soon as you listen to this, if you have not done so already, go pick up Zach Charbonnet, who actually was on my waiver wire rankings this past week, which means he's still less than 50% own on most of the major platforms because that's what I go by when I put together my waiver wire rankings and he was on there at the running back spot. So make sure you check that Zach Charbonnet is not available on your waiver wire because we could either be seeing a bit more of him this week or he can wind up being the starter altogether. I know we just had a a little microphone mishap. Please bear with me as we try to get that back in, in order. Raheem Mostert. 
He had an ankle issue yesterday. He doesn't normally practice on Wednesday. So I didn't want to read too much into this when it first came out. But typically speaking, he was listed with a knee issue, not with an ankle issue. So there was a different issue altogether. Wanted to make sure he was okay. Came back, practiced in full today. Raheem Moster is going to be just fine. I have him as a top 12 running back heading into the week. Go ahead and fire him up. All right, let's switch this over to the wide receivers. Some. <laughs> great news. That's a great job because we have great news. Tyreek Hill gave the entire fantasy world a freaking heart attack yesterday. And I, I'm going to say this about Tua and Jalen Waddle. Um, you guys are off my list as far as ever taking comments from you ever again about anything, opinions that you have when it comes to injuries about anyone or anything. Also, I think Jalen Waddle, Tua Tagovailoa in particular, I think you guys might be a little dramatic. I thought they were trying to tell us something that we didn't know, that nobody else was reporting yet. Tyreek Hill misses practice on a Wednesday with a hip issue. Very alarming. Tyreek Hill is somebody who practices all the time, doesn't usually miss practice. And it was a brand new injury that we heard nothing about previously. And then you listen to two of his comments, and he says, oh, well, you know, without Tyreek Hill, you know, this thing, you know, nobody can emulate what he does. And then the key line, of course, being, I know we'll get Tyreek Hill back somewhere down the line. Somewhere down the line, that doesn't make you think that he's going to be back in practice the next day. That doesn't make you think he's even going to play the game on Sunday. Hell, I somewhere down the line makes me feel like it was going to be more than a week if you based it on two attack of Voa's comments. It's a good thing he's not a medical professional for more than one reason. Yeah, Tyreek Hill back in practice today. Now, it was a limited capacity, but all the beat reporters that were there were saying he looked like he was bringing the same energy. He was making cuts. He was doing drills. Sorry for that. That's great news for Tua Tagovailoa's usage that Tyree Kill is going to be able to play. That's great news for Raheem Mostert. Great news for the offense in general at home against the New England Patriots this week. The only one it might not be great news for is Jalen Waddle because he's been such a rump. You're hoping maybe you get the extra volume for Jalen Waddle to maybe help get him out of the slump that he's been in. But frankly, Waddle, it was, it was never tied to Tyreek Hill. Like Having Tyreek Hill with him has always been something that he should be able to take advantage of, and we just haven't seen it yet, as he's been a little bit banged up in his own right. He is practicing, though, and that's why he's not really on the list. Deontay Johnson, he got put on with a hamstring injury. He looked, So he came back last week, his first week back. Finally, we have Deontay Johnson back off the IR. Looked good, played well. And then all of a sudden today, he's out of practice for a hamstring. Now, what was unclear here is that we don't know exactly if this was a setback or if it was just a planned day off as we work Deontay Johnson back from his injury. We don't know which one it was. So tomorrow is what's going to tell us one way or another. Is Deontay Johnson, did he have a setback? Or would you guys just looking to try to lighten his workload as you try to get him back from injury and you're trying to make sure that he doesn't just, you know, wind up re-aggravating the whole thing and we're back on IR, we're back to square one all over again. That's what we're trying to make sure here with Deontay Johnson. So tomorrow's practice report will give us a lot more information. Tyler Lockett, same boat as Kenneth Walker. 
has a hamstring issue, didn't practice on Wednesday. Okay, not a big deal, vet guy, whatever. And then didn't practice again today. DK Metcalf's been back. He's been fully ready to go. We know Jack Smith and Jigba's ready to go. By the way, make sure he's not on your waiver wires because I'm getting the feeling that Tyler Lockett might not be able to play either. So keep that in mind. We'll have to watch on Friday for that report. Tyler Lockett very much in danger of missing. Josh Palmer, put him in the same type of category. He's got a knee issue. Great game on Sunday. Looked fantastic. Over 100 yards. Starting to gain confidence in being able to start a guy like a Josh Palmer. And then all of a sudden we find out, well, he came up with the game with a knee issue. Doesn't practice on a Wednesday. Okay. Then didn't practice again today. So another guy, we're going to be going down to the wire on to see, are you going to be able to play? If he doesn't go, does that mean Quentin Johnson becomes a guy? His target share, does it rise up? Do the routes rise up? Most likely. But Quentin Johnson's been playing a decent amount to the point where I feel like if he was ready to be a productive wide receiver, we would have seen it by now. We would have seen a, we would have seen a glimpse of it, like last week. I know DK Metcalf wound up not playing, but we saw a glimpse of Jackson Smith and Jigba. We saw glimpses of him earlier in the season. We haven't even seen a glimpse of Quentin Johnston yet to this point to let us know that he could be something, that he could be a guy. We haven't seen that yet. So I would keep that in mind. I would not get overly excited, nor would I look for a reason, especially in a week where there's no buys, to play a guy like Quentin Johnston just because Josh Palmer's out. If anything, I think this would get Austin Eckler finally back involved in the passing game after he only had two targets last week. And we get Keenan Allen rolling again, who didn't have a great game last week either in his own right. So heavier for Allen. I think Eckler gets involved here. I think we'll see the tight ends get involved here. Maybe Quentin Johnston does, but not enough to the point where you're plugging and playing him in your lineups. You want to think about a DFS flyer? That's fine with me because the target share which should rise up. But in your redraft leagues, no. Just keep him on your bench. Keep him as a speculative ad because, again, we don't know the severity at this point of the Josh Palmer knee issue. We haven't really gotten a full detail as far as exactly what it is that's ailing him in the first place. Then we got Debo Samuel. We knew Debo Samuel wasn't wasn't going to come back before the bye week. I do have an update, though. I do have some good news about Debo. He was off running to the side today. That's his first activity that he's had since the injury. Now, he's not taking contact, anything like that. Of course, he's not coming back this week, and they do have the bye next week. But at least it shows you he's progressing in the right direction and that his return for week 10 that they have marked out in the calendar does seem to be on track. So that's the good news about Debo Samuel here. Zay Jones, he continues not to practice. He's got a knee issue, and he's been out for a long while. I don't expect him back anytime soon. He still tries to work through this until we see him actually practice in some capacity. There's no chance for Zay Jones. It hasn't really mattered that much for Calvin Ridley, unfortunately, as far as routes run, extra start, target shot and snaps, all that, all that stuff that you would hope that a Zay Jones missing would mean for a Calvin Ridley who's been in a slump besides two games this season too. But it stands to reason that he should still be one of the main focuses on the perimeter. The good news for Calvin Ridley is not the Zay Jones injury, but it is the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers have been terrible against perimeter wide receivers. So if you were hoping that Calvin Ridley would get a big game soon, whether it's because you have him and you just need a big game or whether it's because you have him and you're looking for a way to sell him, because right now you're getting, you know, five cents on the dollar if you're trying to sell Calvin Ridley at the moment because he's been so bad overall since week one. 
you, either way, you have a chance for that happening this week. I do still have him as a wide receiver three in my rankings. If you go to billionfantasysports.com, but I have him as a high end wide receiver three, somebody you probably would play as a flex. I think I've got a 27 this week. There's a chance for upside. The matchup is there. We have to see if he's able to take advantage or not. That will be the big key. That does it for our wide receivers. So let's get into our tight ends to wrap this thing up. Oh, 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 oh. It's painful. So Jared Everett, I talked about, you know, chargers, tight ends, and them being able to actually get more involved this week. He did come back in a limited participant in practice today. So I'm not too worried about Jared Everett and his availability. Even if he wasn't to go, Donald Parham, I think he, I feel like he just slides in and does the same thing. And frankly, at this point, I wish they would just move Gerald Everett off to the side and play Donald Parham, the younger tight end, the more explosive guy. I know he's dealt with injuries, but he's healthy right now. It's not like either one of these guys block a lick, so it doesn't really matter as far as that standpoint. Use the younger guy. See what you got. See what you got for the future. Jalen Everett has been there, done that. We, we know what he is. He's a so-so tight end. Donald Parham was somebody who had big potential at one point. Uh, this uh, in, in his career, we just haven't really been able to see it come to fruition. Hasn't been on the field uh, enough. This guy, though, I'm talking about young tight ends that we like. Uh, Luke Musgrave, not looking good for him. He's coming up with a foot ankle issue. The only silver line I have for you is that the, the concussion doesn't seem to be an issue when it comes to Luke Musgrave. That's the good news. He's not in a concussion protocol, but it's not looking like he's going to play this week as he deals with the ankle issue. Still, from what I understand, has a protective boot wrapped around that foot too and Dawson Knox with that game's going on right now I know but this is more of a long-term look so Dawson Knox goes on the IR that means he's going to be away for four weeks so we're all very excited about Dalton Kincaid the pass catcher will finally have all the routes all the passing down snaps all to himself which I think is exactly what he needs to be a top 12 tight end talk about this with Chris yesterday Never doubted Talton Kincaid's talent, but what I did get into a fisticuffs with everybody around me who was trying to pump up Dalton Kincaid to an unachievable level by drafting him as a tight end 11 in your drafts kept pointing out the fact, well, Dawson Knox, we might not be worried about him as a fantasy asset, but he's still going to play a lot, which means with Kincaid, for him to get on the field, you have to go to tight end sets. That's what you have to do. Otherwise, he's not getting on there because Dawson Knox is still getting paid, still has to be a starting tight end, still does a lot more blocking. He's still going to play a lot more. It's just going to eat away at the possibility of what Kincaid is going to be able to have for him. And uh, now that he's out of the way, Kincaid, for at least the next four weeks, will be a top 10 tight end in my rankings. The question is going to be what happens after that. Does Dalton Kincaid continue if he shows dominance over these next four weeks or when Dawson Knox returns, are we stuck with having to go back to this? Kincaid only plays in, tw- in 12 tight ends or a big uh, 12 personnel, excuse me, two tight end sets. And we're back to, he's just not getting enough usage to be a tight end that we can play every single week. That's going to be the question. I don't know the answer to that other than I would lean towards, it, that probably will be the case. Dawson Knox probably will come back into his regular role. This is the Bills team is going for the playoffs. They like Knox and his blocking ability. They like Knox in the red zone. I don't think his role is going to disappear unless, unless Kincaid just goes off the chain in the next four weeks. If he goes just off the chain in the next four weeks, and you're not going to be able to put the genie back in the bottle. But if he's just good and not great, 
I think Knox comes back, and now we're looking at Kincaid like, crap, we only had you for four good weeks. So to that end, if Kincaid gives you a couple of really good weeks, I do think he'd be a sell-high candidate at the tight end position. So keep that in mind. Guys like George Kittle, Dallas Goddard come to mind. George Kittle's you know hit or miss discrepancies that he's had. Darren Waller even, because he's been better as of late with the Giants. They finally have gotten him going. These are guys you might want to target if Kincaid gives you two good weeks in a row and people are just fascinated by the young uh, tight end there. So that would be my two cents for that. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, hopefully we'll have Chaz Filardi ready to go and we'll talk about our best bets for week eight. So everybody stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back right after this. Spring has sprung and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning. They've already helped you tidy up all the nooks and crannies of your body's basement. But this year, Manscaped can help you get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Make sure you look your best this spring by using code BELLY20 to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. So tame your mane with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. The sun is peeking back out, which means you'll have to show your face in the daylight again. So use the kit to make sure your scruff looks award-winning, whether you have glorious beard flow or some smooth, sleek cheeks. Save 20% off and free shipping with the code BELLY20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code BELLY20 at manscaped.com. Focus on the face and use the Beard Hedger Pro Kit for the cleanest look in the game. All right, welcome back in again. Guys, make sure you hit us up on our new sponsor app, the Wolf Spreads app. You can win a $25 Amazon gift card if you sign up for the app for free and compete in our weekly contest. All you have to do is bet $2,000 of fake money and maximize your profits, and you will win a $25 Amazon gift card. We have this contest every single week. All you got to do to sign up is either hit it in our description on the video on our YouTube channel, MD's Fantasy Football Show, Make sure you subscribe or go to at BillyUpMDFF on X and you can find it in our profile page there. And the link will be right there. It takes you right to our contest link, takes you right to the free sign up for the app and you'll be all good to go. Again, totally free, fake money that you're betting, $2,000, maximize the profits and you might win a $25 Amazon gift card, which will come in handy with the shopping season all about. So while we wait for Chaz to get in here, which he should be in here any minute, hopefully, uh, let's talk a little bit about some of our bets of what we're looking at for this week here. So we got on the docket, rocket docket here for our first game up. We don't have any international games, thankfully. Next week, though, Germany music, just keep you guys up to date. We will have an international game then. Uh, but we got the Eagles and the Commanders on Sunday. Eagles right now favored at minus seven and over under of 43 and a half. The Eagles have been four and two against the spread so far this season. This does feel a little bit like a trap game to me. As much as I want to bet the Eagles at minus seven, because they are the better team and, and the commanders are reeling after, after last week, I get it. This feels a little bit like a trap game. You have a big emotional win against the Miami Dolphins on Sunday night. You have a team that's, you know, Jalen Hurts. They can say he's not on the injury report all they want to. Everybody saw the knee brace he had. Everybody knows he's not 100% heading into this game. And you're playing against a divisional rival at home. I just feel like it sets up a wee bit like a trap game here. So I'm a little bit nervous as far as that. Maybe I throw a half a unit on 
the Washington Commanders over the Philadelphia Eagles as far as plus seven goes. And we have the man, the myth, the legend himself joining the show now, Mr. Chaz Flaherty, to see what he thinks about the whole scenario here. Chaz, how you doing, man? Oh, you know what? I think about a lot of scenarios, Dan. I think about um, how badly I let you guys down last week, but... I had that parlay on Saturday and it just changed my weekend, my man. <laughs> excellent, excellent. It's always a, there's always one way, more than one way to skin a cat, man. Always one way to get your profits back. And it just gotta you be just keep, don't keep you profit. don't in a sports book, I talk about it all the time. In a horse racing, yes, but in a sports book, there's just not a lot of forty to one opportunities out there. No. No, there's not. It's just look, you keep with your process, keep listening to this show, keep listening to Chaz, and I think we'll be able to get you on the right track there. So that that Eagles Commanders game I was just talking about. I said I feel like it's a little bit of a trap situation game for the Philadelphia Eagles, even though they clearly are the better team and probably should be favored by seven points on the road. But they came off the emotional win against the Dolphins. They're playing against a divisional rival on the road. I feel like the Commanders plus seven might be a sneaky bet here. Not enough so to make it my underdog pick of the week, though. Yeah, I'm not I'm not looking at that game from a game standpoint. I'm looking at it from a segment standpoint because uh, Philly early, I like Philly early, but I'm not quite sure. In the second half, they just seem to they stop. They just stop. They, but not, this is not the first season they've stopped in the second half. Remember last year, they had some big leads, and they just kind of laid down in the second half. Um, and, you know, anytime you got a touchdown in the NFL, you got to spend the entire second half Worried about a backdoor cover, so having the seven points is a lot less stressful than than giving the seven points. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking at here. I think it might wind up being a close game. It always is these divisional games. Uh, what about our next matchup? Is another divisional game here? We got the Patriots heading into Miami. This line's fluctuated a little bit. It's back up close to what it was originally, uh, given the Tyreek Hill news that he looks like he will, in fact, be okay. The Dolphins are favored at minus nine here. The over-under set at 47. The Dolphins have been 5-2 and two against the spread. The Patriots 2-5. and five. It definitely trends towards the Dolphins being able to cover a major spread here. And I think I will cash that with the Dolphins there at minus nine because it's at home. I know it's the Patriots. Get a little queasy about it usually, but being that this is in Miami, I do think they take care of business because their offense plays on another level when they're at home. What do you think, Chaz? Dear Mr. Belichick, I am so sorry that I disparaged both you and your team last week on this show. Sincerely, Chaz. <laughs> so here's what I got. I got Seattle. No, I got San Francisco, Miami, Detroit, Buffalo on my four teams said, wow, what's going on there? Are they, these are bumps in the road? Are they the, just the middle of the season doldrums? Is it injuries? What is it? But you know what? Whether you come back with them or, or you watch them is, is relative. This game, though, is, let's see, this game, I think I have some early action for this game. Let me see. This game is not one of my best bets, but Miami, right? Who are they play? Yeah, Miami and Patriots. Maybe not. I got nothing. I got nothing. Well, while you look at that, I got Matt C asking a question here. He just got offered CD Lamb for DeAndre Swift and Josh Palmer. His running backs are Gibbs, Bijan, and James Cook. Should he take CD Lamb? Mm, that's tough. 
it's very tough right now because here's the thing about Jameer Gibbs. When, when David Montgomery comes back, he goes back to being second fiddle. Maybe he has a bigger role finally in the pass catching department like we're hoping for. But DeAndre Swift is your best running back right now. And CeeDee Lamb has been better as of late. But I think with this league this year, I think I need to keep my running back strength up more so than anything else. So I'm actually not going to take that deal, Matt. I'm, I'm going to leave that be. Now, Matt, I would say this. If you could trade James Cook and get CD, or if you could trade Gibbs and get CD, I would actually rather do that than trade DeAndre Swift uh, heading into this one with the way Swift has been for the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, Chaz, let's get to our next game here. So we got the Rams taking on the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. Dallas coming off the bye. They are minus six favorites, 45 and a half over under. I talked about this a little bit yesterday. I don't think the Rams are going to be able to run the ball. I think they're going to be one dimensional from the jump, and that's not a good thing when you're facing the pass rush of the Dallas Cowboys. So I actually have them covering here at minus six. What do you got for this game? Yes, they have made my list of best bets, and it's really because they are two different teams, the Cowboys that I speak of. One at home and one on the road. This game, they are at home. I like them. All right. I like that, too. Makes it nice, short, and simple, and sweet for me. I like the sweet and simple money. This game is not simple and sweet. So we got the Minnesota Vikings heading into Green Bay. They're favored at minus one and a half. No doubt because they had the upset win against San Francisco 49ers on Monday Night Football. The over-under was is 42. The Packers are really banged up on defense. But this is a game I'm looking at kind of similar to the Eagle game where I think it could be kind of a trap game. Minnesota coming off a short week. A big emotional upset win over San Fran, playing a divisional rival on the road. Green Bay hasn't looked great. I think they wound up winning this game. It's one It's one of those weird divisional games here. I think Green Bay actually takes it, and I'm going to take them as my underdog pick of the week to win this game outright. What do you think? I got, I got this game as a flip-flop game for me. So I'm betting both Minnesota and Green Bay. Now listen, if you're new to this, I don't recommend listening to a word I say because I have found that the second half changes in terms of how teams approach it. And, oh, my God, it screams when you got a bad coach. You can see it. This guy for Green Bay is a pretty good coach. Now remember, his record – when he first started, he was, you know, he was 18 and one or something, wasn't he? I mean, he had an incredible record. Now, I guess he had Aaron Rodgers, but I'm talking Minnesota first half, Green Bay second half. If you can do an open parlay, what you do is you do Minnesota first half, leave it open, fill it with Green Bay second half, and then confuse everybody you're watching the game with. <laughs> That's always the best fun. That's that's your entertainment right there, making everybody else around you very very confused. I mean, I really, I my 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 wife has Vicky has stopped asking Dan. She just shakes her head. <laughs> How could you just you ruin? Well, honey, I you know what? I also need right. You're rooting for one team, but then you realize you got a prop on the other side. So all of a sudden, you're rooting for that guy. Well, Chaz, we've been doing this show a long time, and you always used to tell me she'd ask. So how many years did it take her to stop asking you? It's really, the last couple. That's it. <laughs> Last couple, she just shakes her head. But you know, I'm doing pretty good. I, I you know, I was last week uh, again. I hit a forty to one shot in money line, three and team money line parlay. So, so yeah, I, I'm doing pretty good. So she's just more. She's 
I guess, you know, marriage, you put up with your spouse. You know, you're married. Especially when they're bringing home money. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we got the Jaguars sticking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. All, Jaguars on the road here. Favored, though, at minus two and a half. A lot of road favorites this week. Over under sitting at 41. Yes, the Jaguars are the better team. Steelers are a feisty team. They proved that last week, and it's in Pittsburgh. It's a tough matchup. Tip For me, at the end of the day, this is a no-bet situation as far as lines are concerned. Do you have anything in segments there, Chaz? Yes. First of all, uh, you mentioned the home team um, getting points here. Last week, did you know the home teams were 10-3 and three against the spread? There you go. No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. And the over started. Remember how the unders has been all unders. Well, the over started, and then every single late game and Sunday night and Monday night all went under. Unders ended up being eight and five for the week. This is uh, it was one of my plays last week. Of course, I didn't use it in our parlay because it was a Thursday night game, but it was one of my plays last week. I'm going to ride Jacksonville until uh, the kid's a good quarterback. He's been a good quarterback for a long time. He's probably just a good quarterback. I like Jacksonville this week. Okay, okay. I mean, I can't hate against it. Like I said, it's just it's one of those games we're going into it. There's not a lot of uh, trends on either side right now. The Jaguars, I do think, are the better team, so I never go against that. This, however, is one of my lock bets of the week. Next, if I could just find a drop, lock them in. It's a lock. I am locking in the New York Jets over the New York Giants at a minus three rate. Actually, it's back down now to minus two and a half. I like it even better. The over-under is sitting at 36 and a half. I'm also cashing the under in this game, too. But the Jets have the better team. I actually, believe it or not, as much as they started off at a rocky turn with Zach Wilson, they're still they're four and two against the spread so far. And the Giants have only had one game on the over. So I love a same-game parlay here of the Jets covering at minus two and a half and an under at 36 and a half heading into this matchup. Big lock them in for me, Chaz. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I'm all over the other. Listen to these numbers. The Jets in their last 12 games in the first quarter scored three or less in 11 of them. <laughs> that makes them look like the stars of this show because the Giants have scored three or less in 14 straight games. Five of those. This is the first quarter. Five of those have gone under. The Jets are one and nine against the spread for the first quarter, one ten and one against the spread for the first half, but they're five and one against the spread for the game, and that gets you to your four and two that you mentioned. Absolutely, second okay. half, second five and a half, five and one against spread in the second half. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, definitely game will be having a lot. Matter of fact, happens. in the second half, if you bet against the Giants and the under, you're five for five in your last five parlays. They've scored fifteen total points in those five games. In the second yeah. half. Yeah, that's a trend. That How does know. that guy still have his job, by the way? Great question. <laughs> you know what? You could say that probably, what, eight to eight people, to eight coaches right well, now? Probably. There's, there's always seven to eight coaching firings changes every every year anyway. Yeah, so that, yeah. that's probably about the going rate, the going number. And that's, that's what So if doing. you're an old white guy that's never won anywhere, you got a real good shot of having a job. <laughs> From a, from the National Racist League. Yeah, because we, well, we we know it's going to be a carousel. It's all the buddies, all the carousels. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'll some tell you, the first time I saw that commercial with, uh, you know, the, the the Dr. Pepper commercial, Fan, yeah. Fanville or whatever, and they went and, they, and there was a carousel and the coaches were on it. It was brilliant. It was great. It was it was absolutely perfect. This is all all the time. Um, I got another lock bet for you, Chaz. Lock them in. It's a lock. 
Houston Texans minus three over the Carolina Panthers are four and two against the spread. More importantly, Carolina, they're not just own six, they're own six against the spread. So that's where I'm taking the Houston Texans without a doubt at minus three covering this one and the battle of the number one versus the number two pick overall and the number two pick overall has looked a hell of a lot better so far this season. What do you got for this game? Houston in the first half is 10 and two against the spread. They allow 10 or less in six or seven. They're, they're on a 4-0 run against the spread. Uh, they're 5-1 on the road against the spread. But I do have a play for Houston, Carolina. What was it? Where was it? I saw it. Quarter one, Carolina, actually. After that, watch them crash. <laughs> no, that's the one thing about seeing all the numbers, everything right in front of you. As you know, my Easy Sports 8 has everything right. right in front of you. It's amazing how many teams score in the first quarter and then they don't score again the whole second quarter. <laughs> it really is, uh, you know, I don't bet a lot of second quarters, but it really, you know, is something that I think I'm, I might start dabbling in because you really notice it when you see it. I mean, you see they had 7 3, 7 3, 7 3, and then you get to the first half and they had 7 3, 7 3, 7 3. They didn't score anything. Well, yeah, it's good to know. Uh, we got the Saints and the Colts coming up. This is another game I'm kind of staying away from. The Saints are actually favored on the road with minus one. It's basically a pick em situation. 44 over under here. These are two teams that are wildly unpredictable. The Saints, by paper are the better team right now, but they're not playing like it, as we saw last Thursday night. And they had a little bit of a mini-buy to prepare for this. Colts coming off of a big emotional loss against Cleveland Browns. So if you want to tick towards anything, I guess it would be the Saints, but this thing is a pretty much a no-bet for me as far as the lines are concerned. What are you seeing? Yeah, the the, the Saints were winning me some money for a few weeks here because they weren't getting up any points. On the road, their under streak is still consistent. It's nine for the last nine. It's gone under. You know, I'm not scared of either of these teams scoring points, but the unders are low, you know. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so we got after that, we have the Cleveland Browns, speaking of the devil, taking on the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. So going to the West Coast, Seattle minus three and a half in this game. Favorites at home, the over under at 38. This is one I do want to cash in on the under. Now, Cleveland burned me last week because I thought for sure that Colts game would go in the under and then wound up being our highest scoring game of the, of the year because of all the turnovers. But you got two defenses here that are playing really well. Seattle's defense is playing really well. Cleveland's defense is playing really well. And you have a, two offenses that are have a lot of question marks that need to be answered. Why is Seattle's passing game not doing well? <clears throat> Geno Smith coming back down to reality. And then you get the Cleveland side where they have to continue again this week to start P.J. Walker, not Deshaun Watson, because he's clearly physically not ready. So I definitely have the under going into this game at 38. Now, Seattle was uh, a winner for me. Now, but, you know, let's get back to, to Cleveland, though, because Cleveland was the only game that actually the team won. So even if Chris and I had gone money line on our favorites, if we all go money line, you were the only one that had the winner because everybody else was ugly. But this, the only thing I've got here, I'm, I'm going to stay with Cleveland in the second, I mean, Seattle in the second half. I tend to, if you win for me last week, I, I almost always come back for you. Maybe not as much money. But a little piece because, you know, I owe you. That's the way I look at it. It's like tribute. You know, in the mafia, you get tribute. Yeah. Um, but here's in, in the first quarter, Cleveland's one and four against the spread. Seattle's four and one against the spread. So I am going to be doing a, another first quarter parlay this week. Last week, I only had one first quarter play. It was the 49ers and it lost. But I hit that four teamer. Remember a couple of weeks back. Four yeah. teamers are nice. 
three-team money lines are nice, but four-teamers are more realistic, you know? It's funny. You could hit four. It's easier to hit four than three when you're doing money lines. And the only caveat I'll give back to you, Chad, is, and this is just from being from a fantasy guy, paying attention to these things, Kenneth Walker starting running back the Seattle Seahawks and their Tyler Lockett, one of their top two wide receivers, neither one of them have practiced so far this week. We're waiting for the final practice report tomorrow, but there's two offensive guys that they may not have. They do get DK Metcalf back. He's practicing and good to go. But uh, maybe and Lockett, Lockett, Lockett's a valuable part of a puzzle. Yeah. Kenneth Walker has been the main source of their offensive scoring so far yeah. this, this season. So something I think we'll have to watch even with your first quarter, first quarter scores there possibly too. Uh, let's get into our next matchup here. I'll tell you, well, I'll tell you right now that whole first quarter wagering, you know, what really trip trippy about it, how important the, the, whether they take the ball or they, or they defer. Oh, yeah. yeah. It really is a big deal in the first quarter. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause it's, it's a matter of getting like two possessions to one. Well, if you're getting the half point, Dan, and they march down the field and score first and it's seven and a half to nothing. You're just got to count for 14 minutes or 12 minutes or 10 minutes or whatever it is. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. Uh, our next match is the Kansas City Chiefs on the road against the Denver Broncos. They're favored at minus seven. The Chiefs are, that is. 47 over under on the dot for this game. The Chiefs are 5-2 and two against the spread. The Broncos stink. I know that I think the Broncos actually technically covered the first time these guys played in Kansas City, but I'm sticking with the smart money. I'm going with Kansas City to cover at minus seven. That's going to be my bet here. What do you got? Well, I've been telling everybody that listens for the last three or four weeks, bet Kansas City earlier if you're going to bet them, uh, because in the second half, they've just been doing nothing. This game could be easily go uh, go under. Kansas City's defense, right? It's not allowing a lot of points. No, they haven't. Yeah, they haven't. And, um, and I could see, you know, Denver's just, you know. It's so funny because he bass-tacked it. He bass-tacked it, and now he looks like a fool. No, yeah, Sean Payton is not uh, a. Yeah, I don't know what happened to Sean Payton. This is not the Sean Payton I know. This is not the Sean Payton we saw in New Orleans. Even when New Orleans was suffering from a talent standpoint, he would still find ways to win. He'd still find ways to move the ball. Every decision, and again, from a fantasy perspective, every decision he makes is just getting in the way of what his players do best. Putting Javante Williams in a committee far longer than he needs to be. Not allowing Marvin Mims to get more snaps, even though he's the most explosive wide receiver you have on the entire roster. I don't know what he's trying to do with Russell Wilson. He's trying to put him as a pocket-passing quarterback. I thought the whole idea was that you were going to hide him this year. Just nothing Nothing has made sense with Sean Payton. And that defense has been dreadful, absolutely dreadful. And that's almost why I, I don't know if I'm betting the under in this game because we saw the Chiefs, they look like they finally figured something out where Mahomes and Kelsey went off and the offense are rolling, looking like the Chiefs offense again. They finally have some guys like Rasheed Rice starting to establish themselves as weapons outside of Travis Kelsey. Isaiah Pacheco is getting better and better every single week. I almost wonder if they found something last week, and I'd, I'd be a little bit worried that the Chiefs put up like 40 points by themselves heading into this I'll game. I'll tell you right now, you don't have to look at the injury report. Yeah. You don't have to look at the weather. You don't have to look at any stats. You don't need the easy sports data. Is Taylor Swift going to be there or not? That's all I need to know. She's not. She's that, actually that game is that game is a coin flip to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our our guy uh, Chase Thornton made the same exact joke yesterday. Where we were dissecting this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the bottom line is, you know, a rabbit's foot is a rabbit's foot. I don't care what shape it comes in or how good it can sing. <laughs> All right, we got uh, we got the Baltimore Ravens sticking on the Arizona Cardinals. 
Uh, Baltimore on the road, favored at minus nine and a half. This line's moved up because it was eight for the Ravens. It's actually now it's moved up to minus on uh, the whole point and a half for the Ravens because that's how I guess. Uh, confident people are betting on the Ravens cover this week, 44 and a half over under here. Um, I would say that I'd be a little bit concerned about this being a trap game as well, because you know, Baltimore coming off of a big win against Detroit last week, that was supposed to be the game of the week. Absolutely blew the doors off of Detroit. So that was a big signature win. You're going on the road to the West coast to an Arizona team. It's been a little bit feisty, but the, my thing is and why I would still by the way, bet on Baltimore to cover at nine and a half. The reality has set in with Josh Dobbs. I think it's another week before we see Kyler Murray make his return, his debut to the 2023 season. Uh, I just don't see the firepower on the Arizona side. So I do think the Ravens cover this game and score more than score 10 plus points uh, against the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, the Ravens are 7 0 against the spread in their last seven, but they have scored a touchdown in every single one of them except one, and they had six in that game. I like uh, I like Baltimore in the first quarter. Okay, I like that too. Uh, let's get in our next game here. We have the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I'm gonna, right now, San Francisco's favored at minus four. The over-under is at 43 and a half. You cannot, cannot bet this game right now. We, I just went through the whole thing in the first half of the show, and I'll do this again so to make sure Chaz is up to date too. Brock Purdy gets on the plane, shows concussion symptoms, goes to concussion protocol. So everyone thinks, you know, it's a short week. We haven't seen too many players come back the following week from a concussion. We all assume Brock Purdy's going to be out. It's going to be Sam Darnold heading into this game. Then all of a sudden, Brock Purdy comes out, and he practiced in a limited capacity today. And our injured list, uh, injured list, host of the Injured List podcast, if I could speak, uh, Brian Scott, he talked about he thinks that Brian Purdy, Brian Purdy, Brock Purdy, is actually going to clear concussion protocol. As long as he gets a limited practice in tomorrow, he may even go full. So somehow, shockingly, Purdy's looking like he might beat the odds, not just from his draft capital to his performance, but from his concussion odds from when he picked up the concussion to when he may clear the concussion. And there's a legitimate shot that Purdy's going to want up playing this Sunday. Obviously, that bodes better for the San Francisco 49ers. But until we know that for sure, I don't think you can bet on this game one way or another as far as the lines will go. What do you have in this game? Yeah, in the last... Eight games, San Francisco has allowed 19 or less in seven or eight of them. They're at home, 8-0 against the spread. They've allowed 20 or less in all of them. Second half at home, 7-0 against the spread, allowed seven or or less. So their defense, if it has to, and it really is, this is a Joe Burrow test, right? Yeah, this is a Joe Burrow test. Where are you guys out? And this is an offensive line test. Where are you guys out after the bye week? How are you coming into it? And then San Francisco side that they, you know, a lot of guys are looking at themselves in the mirror and say, we got to clean some things up after that Minnesota game. So this is going to be a real test as far as which team made the proper adjustments while they had the time to do so. Yeah, and you, and you know what? Games like this, this is, this is a legitimate Super Bowl matchup, correct? I mean... These are two two we of the teams going to be during a preseason. We got to see the Bengals yeah. play a little bit better, but right. you know, they they write the ship. Yeah, it could be. But you don't win Super Bowls missing field goals. No, no, you don't. No, you do not. Usually, don't get the Super Bowls missing field goals. To be honest with you. No, you do not. Shot at you, Jake Moody and uh, Evan McPherson. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> We got another one here. As a 49ers fan, I'm just like, just give us a buy. We can get as healthy. I don't care if we win or lose this game. <laughs> like at this point, like we just need to hit the reboot button. 
Um, we got the Bears on Sunday Night Football. Not really thrilled about that. Playing against the Chargers. It's going to be in L.A. The Chargers are favored at minus eight and a half here with a 46 and a half over under. I'm sorry. I'm taking the Bears at plus eight and a half. I can't take the Chargers to cover anything against anybody at all at any time. They don't ever cover spreads. I don't care if it is Chicago. We just saw Chicago put up 30 points, even with Tyson Badgett, their backup D2 school quarterback, last week against the Raiders. I don't know if the Chargers defense on paper is better. They are not playing like they're all that much better. Oh, and by the way, I'm definitely cashing. This is more of a lock for me for this game. I'm cashing on the over because the Bears have seen every game except for one go over this week. And I do think the Chargers offense should be able to put up some points against the Chicago Bears defense. So I'm definitely hammering that. What do you got in this game? Yeah, that's my one of my best bets is the over 46 and a half. The uh, the Bears games are over on uh, uh, the road. Last 11 straight football games have gone over the number for Chicago. Think about that. That's 11 road games. So that's a long time. And uh, in the first half at home. The Chargers are scoring 14 plus and seven of eight. Uh, I, I, we they shoved the Chargers down our throat. So you could have literally you could have uh, rabbit ears and you'll get the Charger game. Uh, and and they just everybody scores on them. Yeah, and uh, everybody scores on them. Everybody scores on the Bears, and then the offenses have to then you know reciprocate. And I think that's why you get the over game going into this. And I'm hitting it early quarter one. It'll be part of my parlay quarter one. I'm gonna I, what I'm gonna do is depending. I think I'm gonna try to get it down to to four or or maybe five quarter ones, and then do the round robin thing with threes or fours. And and uh, you know you know by ten thirty in the morning out here, I <laughs> I could be really really happy. <laughs> that's always the goal coffee and cashing yes cnc baby cashing <laughs> remember the old days cnc meant a whole different thing <laughs> oh that's good um our last game is actually my last lock game of the week lock them in it's a lock. detroit minus eight coming up i i, I need to interject because i'm just thinking yes. last game we normally do a parlay where's christopher Chris is, uh, he wasn't able to make it. I just, all I got was the text saying he wasn't able to make it in. He did not send me his parlay pick either. So oh, we had a two way parlay this week there, Chaz. Um, but yeah, Detroit is definitely a lock of in pick for me at minus eight. So that is something I'm looking forward to. Coming off a bad loss, looking for a rebound. Oh, and oh by the way, it doesn't get any better than rebounding against the Las Vegas Raiders right now. <laughs> I don't care if Jimmy G plays or not. I expect Detroit to have their way with them, especially being back in Detroit. The over-under, by the way, 45 and a half. Detroit 5-2 and two against the spread, just to further the point of Detroit. Where do you got in this game? Yeah, they're one of my best bets as well. Mostly them in Dallas because they're home. They're uh, Detroit. I like you know. If you remember last week, I said there's two big games: Miami, Pittsburgh, uh, Philly. But I believe that this Baltimore-Detroit game is going to be the best game of the week. And boy, was I wrong. I mean, it was a great game if you're my wife wearing a Ray Lewis jersey. But uh, you know, from a from a football standpoint, it wasn't in the first uh, in the first quarter on the road. Vegas allows seven plus in the three straight. And Detroit scores seven plus and seven of eight. Uh, at home, they're their last eight, Detroit seven and one. In their last six on the road, the Vegas Super Knights, I don't know what we're going to call them. The Raiders, they, they're, they're making the Raider name bad. Raider name used to be a good name, you know? They've scored 17 or less in six straight. I don't care where you are, there's, not, there's no football teams winning with 17 points very often. 
No, not, not at all. And it's definitely not going to happen with the Raiders against Detroit, whose defense has been quite good this year on top of all of it with their offense getting the going. All right, so Chaz, I'm going to give you a second to think about what you want your lock pick to be for the parlay while I go through my player props here. So Kirk Cousins, 248 and a half passing yards. He's been over that mark all but two games so far this season, and it's a very banged up Green Bay secondary. It's a pass first team, one of the most pass heavy over expected teams, the Minnesota Vikings. So I definitely have cousins going over the 248 and a half passing yard mark. Jameer Gibbs talking about this Detroit game, 66 and a half rushing yards, both starts that he's gotten with David Montgomery, not available. He has gone over it both times and the Raiders have given up the fifth most rushing yards to the running backs so far. So we are cashing in on Jameer Gibbs over 66 and a half rushing yards. And then last, but certainly not least, Patrick Mahomes, 278 and a half passing yards. He's been over four of seven, but most importantly, Denver giving up the third most passing yards this season. Give me Patrick Mahomes over the 278 and a half passing yard mark. Those are your block player props of the week. It was so cool to see Kirk Cousins on a primetime game just ball because he that haunted him. I mean, every time. Yeah. I mean, they would talk about it all week. All week, you got to hear that. It gets old after whatever it was. It was a long. Oh, I'm game. sure he's annoyed by it because it, it's been years. It's been yeah. years of Kirk yeah. Cousins not playing well on primetime television. Finally, played well. Of course, I had to come against my team in San Francisco, but I, there was a part of me that was happy for him because I think Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback, and I think he gets a bad rep for things that are not necessarily in his control all the time. So, uh, I was happy to see him actually get that monkey off his back at least for uh that game anyway um so Chaz, what's going to be your lock for the parlay well you know what i i i i like these four teams these four plays i got i i like i like jacksonville a lot dallas at home detroit at home and the over in the in the charger game so i'm first thing i'm going to throw out i'm going to throw out the chargers and i'm and and i'm going to go with detroit Okay, you're going to go with Detroit. I am going to take the Houston Texans to cover at minus three against Carolina. That's what I'm going to take there. So Houston and the Lions. See, I, I, I normally do a round robin, so I think what I'll do is I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll oh, bang you want to do like, uh, there's, there's like one we both like really agree on that we can just use as our third parlay. Yeah, you got somebody. I'll, I'll defer to you. Because I think we had what we both really liked. Um, the, what was it? The over on the over in the Charger game. Yeah, we both really yeah. liked that over. Right, so let's, let's do that. Let's, let's do that. that. We'll yeah. call it the um, the ceremonial. We we missed Chris parlay. Yeah, exactly. We'll make Chris's bet for him. That's all. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? I would love you got. You're saying you're taking the eight there, right? Didn't you say they were getting eight? Was that the that Char- game? Eight? Yes. Yeah. No, no. Right. I'm talking about in the Charger the Chicago game. No, the Chicago. No, I, I'm not. I'm t- I'm taking Chicago plus the points if I'm betting on. Right. Eight, how many points was it? Eight and a half. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, because I'm saying so. I would love to see them jump up to like a 14-3 lead early, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Because yeah, yeah, eight and a half. Yeah. If Chicago, if Chicago is actually able to cover, come close to covering, there's a really good chance that the game went over. Yeah. I think exactly. that's what that would indicate. Yep. Yep. I yeah, agree. That's, with you. Definitely, that's definitely. What and, we're and it's moving. It's moving up. It's going up. So the longer yeah. you wait, the longer it's gonna. The higher it's going to be. I would, I would jump on that as soon as you possibly yeah. can. You're yeah. absolutely right. It is going up. 
All right, guys, that's going to do it for the show. Make sure you tune back in on Sunday on our YouTube channel, the MD's Fantasy Football Show at 1030. Me and Chase Thornton will go over our recaps for the Sunday and Thursday games and get you started there. Make sure you download on your favorite podcast app. Chaz, what do you got coming up? Well, you know, uh, I'm, I got it on my. If you go to Sports Betting Weekly, it'll tell you that I'm covering the Brazilian soccer tournament because I'm going to be live in Brazil, and I'm pretty excited about it. But I did not realize that it's very difficult to find the Portuguese translation for ESPN Brazil. So, so you know, I'm, I'm having some issues there. But let's see. I got the countdown. It is. 35 days, 14 hours, 26 minutes, and two seconds. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'll be out of class the, the couple weeks that I'm in Brazil, I think. I'm not even going to try to uh, to to deal with it. It was hard enough in New Orleans. <laughs> I'm thinking Puerto Alegre, Brazil, and Wi-Fi may not be fun for me. Well, that's, that's what, a couple weeks from now, you said? 35 days, 14 hours, 25 minutes, and yeah. 40 seconds. It's getting, you know, it keeps going, getting closer. <laughs> I was trying to think if that lines up exactly when I'm going to Thailand, I wasn't going to be able to do a Thursday show anyway. This is uh this is the first week of December. The, the championship game is on the 3rd of December. So that's, that's, that's actually when I get back from Thailand. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> We'll make it. We'll make it work, yep. uh, guys. Make sure you catch, uh, make sure you check us out everywhere we are on your podcast apps and social media at Billy Up MDFF Show on X MDFF Show everywhere else. Chaz, you always like to say, always be cashing. We'll see you guys. Have a good luck this weekend. <laughs>